The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Good morning, kiddies. I hope you're enjoying this Saturday as much as I am. And this deep dive review episode of the Bear Stock Underground is brought to you by Bet Online. When the wait is finally over, a triple header of fun is upon us. Football in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA Finals are getting to a peak, man. Game six coming up uh, later this weekend. And the MLB playoffs are in full swing as we head into the league championship series. You might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So we went into a game against the Buccaneers after our poorest offensive performance of the season uh, against the Colts. And, you know, many people arguing amongst themselves, Bear fans arguing amongst themselves about whether this just meant that, um, you know, we have a lousy offense and we'll never be able to get anything going regardless of who's behind the center or that, um, you know, what I thought was that, um, you know, our offense is still a work in progress, unfortunately, and we uh, ran into the best defense in the NFL. So I thought it was a combination uh, of those things and um, was uh, really wondering what to expect on Thursday night when the Bears and the Bucks took the field. And um, we saw a little bit of everything uh, on, on, on on Thursday. We, we saw the work in progress, especially – uh, early on, we we saw that the, that Foles had to shake a bitch uh, a bit a bitch a bit of the Mitch itis uh, with some of the throws that he made. Um, but we also saw um, you know Big Nick being Nick at the same time and and and, and flashing some of the magic that um, you know helped us win a game against the Falcons a couple of weeks ago, and, and uh, you know showed the guy you know showed why this was the guy that. Uh, you know, should be starting in the in the game ahead uh, of Mitch. So we saw all of that, and our defense uh, really did a great job once again and won us a football game. So when do you say we go ahead and talk about it? It's the Week 5 review episode of the Bear Stalk Underground, so let's get to it. Under Matt Nagy, the second quarter of the season has been a bit of a minefield. Uh, for us uh, even after a three and one start in 2018 we lose the first two games to Miami and New England uh, to start the second quarter uh, of the season and last year in 2019 we lost all four games in the second quarter starting with the uh, the big abysmal trip to London to play the Raiders uh, last year so the second quarter of the season has always been somewhat of a problem spot uh, for uh, Matt Nagy in his short tenure uh, as head coach. And we basically had, the, you know, the perfect performance leading us to think that the second quarter of this season could be a problem. But, uh, you know, we pulled it off on Thursday night. They persevered. I mean, that, that's that got to be the running theme with the team this year, man. They hung in there. They fought they, and and they, they got after Brady. Uh, they took advantage of, uh, of some mistakes and tried to make as few of their own at the same time. And uh, before you knew it, um, Cairo Santos was kicking a field goal to go up 2019 with a buck and change left uh, in the game. And we're, we're, we're winning. We're, four, we're the team that was 4-1 and one, as opposed to, you know, I'm sure you guys all saw the, the, the memes, all the experts picking, like, you know, the Bucks across the board you know i think i saw one was like all the espn uh talents or whatever and not one bear logo up there it was all buccaneer flags going across 
uh, you know, from one side to the next. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, the week five review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And, uh, hey, it's a happy victory Saturday that we're uh, we're doing this uh we're doing this in. I tried to record the show last night, but I had a a crisis at work, so I had to stay late to uh, put that fire out. And uh, then my mom is here for the weekend to uh, to visit her dear baby boy. So uh, that that kind of got in the way of me trying to uh, record. It's like mom showed up on on Thursday night. Actually, mom's the good luck charm because the Bears were losing. When, uh, you know, and then she gets here right towards the end of the second quarter. And before mom got settled, we're up 14 to 13 at halftime. So, uh, you know, that's what I didn't mention in the bear up and bear down episode. Bear up to mom. She was the good luck charm. She came here and our fortunes changed. So there you go. But, um, you know, it just uh, it was it was a really interesting game because I think, like I said, in the open, we're all wondering how this was going to look and and I was thinking optimistically that you know we'd have a better shot at getting something going against this defense than we did against the Colts who were absolutely suffocating uh for the Bears uh, on Sunday and um I was right and I was wrong they were just as tough against the run as the the Colts were uh, but you know we did have a little bit more of that breathing room in the passing game we were able to get a little bit more something going uh, offensively so that we could at the very least remain competitive uh, with the Bucks, whereas against the Colts we could never get anything going until garbage time and we made the final score look like a football game that was much closer than it was so um, you know it was uh, it was an interesting game uh, for sure very entertaining as well five six lead changes I think Joe Buck said uh, at the end of the game I don't know if I think Santos was the 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 winning field goal at the end I think was was uh, lead change number f- five or something like that so it was uh yeah it was a, g- a great back and forth and basically what I was asking for remember we had when, when he had Jacob Mummert on the team going into that as like uh, yeah, after these three extreme games with Detroit Atlanta and um the Giants where it's like you know all great at one end of the football game I would really like to just watch a game that's even back and forth you know whatever we didn't get that with the Colts it was pretty much just bad the whole way <laughs> but we did get that with the with the uh, Buccaneers game I mean it started out extreme with Tampa Bay jumping out to a 13 to nothing lead the Bears evened it up essentially at halftime uh, making it 14 to 13 in our favor and then the second half was all about the back and forth and the lead changes like they went up 16 14 we went up 17 16 they kick a field goal it's 19 to 16 or 19 to 17 boom we kick the field goal it's 20 to 19 and we end up winning the football game so that's more what i was talking about the back and forth a competitive somewhat even football game as opposed to the bears look like the worst team ever assembled for three quarters and then in the fourth quarter put them on the field on super bowl sunday and they'll win it for you kind of thing um, we saw a bit more of an even keel performance uh, from the team. And really, I was really proud of the defense with the way that they uh, stepped up, especially after digging themselves a 13 to nothing hole uh, early in the game. So, you know, the Bears uh, gave up 13 points uh, in the first, you know, quarter and a half of the game and then went on a 22-6 run to win the game in the second half. So, you know, just a fantastic job from the team. And as much as we all want to complain about Nagy and his play calling, and I will do a bit of that here a little bit later on, um, the guy is is doing a great job coaching because he's the head coach and his team has been in four dire situations this year, or three dire situations. This is the third time this year that we've had a, uh, a you know a double digit deficit to dig ourselves out of, and each time we've been able to do it. We've been able to do it. I mean, I don't really count the Colts game. That game was, yeah, we weren't doing anything against them. That's just all there is to it. But you know, and and this time, this time against a team in Tampa Bay that, as you heard me say a few moments ago. Everyone has an extremely high opinion of with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, all the offensive weapons that they have, the talent that they have uh, on defense. A lot of people like Tampa Bay to do the biggest of big things 
in the NFL this year. And the Bears were able to meet them head on and overcome, you know. We got behind early, and I'm thinking, and everybody was probably thinking that we were in for a long, long night. Uh, and as you hear in the knee-jerk reaction here in a second, I was one of those people because it just wasn't looking good. Um, you know, uh, Nick was was cold coming out of the gates. Uh, the defense was just basically sitting back in zone, and Brady was picking us apart. It was not a very optimistic start to the game and not exactly the rebound performance we were looking for after the way that we performed against the Colts just a few days earlier. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Bucks, and it was all Buccaneers uh, in the first quarter there. Um, you know, the, the offense just can't get anything uh, really can't get anything. I mean, they look much better today than they did against the the Colts, but that isn't saying much. And you know, we 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 we're shooting ourselves in the foot on our first drive. We seem to you know look like we were trying to get something going, and then on an easy third and two, uh, Foles puts one in a different zip code over over uh, Robinson's head. I mean, just sails it right over. The kind of throw you'd expect from Trubisky instead of uh, Foles. You know, it's like putting Foles in there was supposed to eliminate stuff like that. Um, And then on the second drive, uh, the Bears seem to be moving the ball again. And then for the third time this year, the Bears have thrown six picks over the first five games so far. And three of them, including the first one tonight hit Allen Robinson in the hands and were taken away by the defensive back. It was a like a 50-50 ball type situation. Uh, Nick Foles tried to back shoulder it, and it was like almost like Allen Robinson overran the throw a little bit. And when he was reaching back to catch the ball, he like kicked it out of his own hands and hit it just right so that it floated up in the air for the DB that was covering him. To, to take it back. And um, the uh, Buccaneers turned that into a touchdown drive. And right now the Bears seem to be content to sit back in zone against Tom Brady, which is suicide. And uh, right now it's it's 10 to nothing. Uh, the Bears uh, have the football to start the second quarter. Let's see if uh, we can get something going and uh, put some points on the board on halftime, give ourselves a shot here. <laughs> So like I said, our performance out of the gate on Thursday, not exactly inspiring in the way of thinking that we're going to bounce back from what was a disappointing performance against the Colts just a few days uh, before. You know, we were we were we still look stagnant uh, on offense. We still can't seem to keep uh, get anything going, uh, you know, rhythmically, I should say. And and. Uh, once again, shooting ourselves um, in the foot, that crazy throw from Foles where he just launched it over Robinson's head. Like I, it, it looked like one of those throws where like he was under pressure, Robinson was covered, so he just threw it nine feet over his head so he wouldn't get called for grounding uh, or something like that. Instead, when, when in fact he wasn't under pressure, Robinson was wide open, and it should have been an easy pitch and catch that we would expect to see from him. I mean, I know that I piled on on Mitch there, but Mitch usually makes that throw. It's just the deeper throws that Mitch is having a problem with. That's why I felt it was kind of in, inspired by or like, you know, and I was the only one. I was not the only one on Twitter that was saying that either. It's like that's a throw you would expect from Trubisky, not Foles. You know, Foles is supposed to be the accurate one. And here he was, you know, Allen Robinson needed a dude on his shoulders to be able to come down with that one. That's how high over his head it was. It was it was kind of inexplicable, like how high he threw it over his head so uh you know it could because it was weird it wasn't like he like rifled it over his head and it was an absolute laser beam he just put too much on it he just threw the damn thing too high it just floated right over his head it was a it was a touch pass that had a little too much on it somehow it was very very weird and i think that's why we're all sitting there like what what was that why why did why did it go like that that was such a weird moment and then again you know, as 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 great a game as Robinson ended up playing, he became much more. I mean, that was the story of the game for the Bears anyway. We're a much more stable team uh, in the second half after we had our little closing uh, in the first half. I guess that first half really boosted the confidence because we really seemed to get things going 
uh, in the second half. We'll talk about that here in just a bit. But that moment where, okay, drive number two, we do have some things going. We are moving the chains a bit. We got Robinson one-on-one down the sideline. Here we go. And uh, I think Robinson prefers, even though it has uh, literally been a 50-50 situation for him, he prefers to, to you know go up and get it. And this was a moment where Foles felt it was better to back shoulder uh, the throw. And when I said it looked like Robinson kind of overran the pass is because I thought he was, you know, to go back and look at it, I, I think Robinson was more expecting to have to outleap uh, his opponent instead of having to uh, lean back. And um, like I said, he he reached back for it and got his hands on it. And then appropriately, when he, you know, kicked his legs up, kicked the ball out of his own hands. It was strange. And like I said, he hit it just perfectly that the ball hung up there in the air just long enough uh, for Davis, the defensive back, to come down with it and it was one of those here we go moments right there where it's like this is what this evening is going to look like we try to get something going and something will happen we'll have some kind of penalty Nick Foles will launch it over somebody's head Allen Robinson will lose another contested battle uh, with the defensive back only the defensive back will come down with the football uh, and things like that this is going to be another one of those games and you can already hear the national I told you so's about the Bears being the worst three and one team uh, in the league. And it just it, it, it was a very much it very much was a here we go kind of moment because I definitely was sitting on the edge of my chair when that ball went up on the air. But by the end, I'd slumped back into it definitely in a uh, here we go kind of moment. Uh, after that uh, interception because Brady and company turned it into a field goal to make it 10 to nothing and nothing that we were doing on defense early on suggested that we were going to clamp down on this team because like I said we sat back in zone and and Brady just sat back there and threw it to this guy and it threw it to that one and this guy was open and blah 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 and we're moving the chains and uh you know like we feared um, with the Buccaneers were able to get some things going uh, in the running game because we're still vulnerable up the middle. So, uh, you know, they were doing pretty much everything that they'd wanted to slash game planned uh, to do, and the Bears were on roller skates on defense and on offense. We couldn't get out of our own way. So headed into the second quarter, I mean, hell, even heading deep into the second quarter, that's pretty much how it was going. The defense was getting some stops, but Brady was putting more points on the board, making the deficit wider. And then the last two minutes of the second quarter happened, and it changed the, the total complexion of the football game. Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Bucks, And up until about two minutes ago, this game was all Buccaneers. Everything was going uh, their way. The Bears didn't really seem to be able to get anything going. And then finally in the second quarter, um, Buck and Ankman started calling Nick Foles a streaky player. And, well, the streak started to kick in. He started to complete passes. The Bears moving the ball down the field. And right before the two-minute warning, the Bears are down 13 to nothing. David Montgomery on the first play after the two-minute warning from about six yards out, our first rushing touchdown of the season. And then on the ensuing drive for the Bucks. Uh, Kyle Fuller comes across, uh, and, you know, and a receiver catches the ball. Fuller lays a, a hit into him and jars the ball loose. Now, initially, it, there was a flag on Fuller for a defenseless receiver, and it was ruled an incomplete pass. And then it was completely reversed. The flag was picked up because it wasn't a dirty hit, and it was deemed that the, the receiver caught the ball, got it two steps in, and then Fuller jarred it loose, and Robert Quinn recovered it. So all of a sudden, the Bears went from like a third down play to first and 10 at the Buccaneer 25. A few plays later, Jimmy Graham with a great one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. And just like that, the Bears went down 13-0. Now we're up 14-13, to and we start the ball with the ball in the second half. So, yeah, let's hope the momentum carries over and we can keep this thing rolling because we look like a football team now. Uh, Sadly, that momentum did not carry over, but we'll talk about that uh, in a second. Uh, Just to correct myself here real quick, uh, when I said the Bears were looking at, you know, like a third down play and all of a sudden it was their ball, that's wrong because if you think about it, 
we got flagged, or Kyle Fuller initially got flagged for hitting a defense receiver. So that would have been first and ten plus another fifteen uh, for the Buccaneers. You know, from the from the from the run there, first and ten, and would I think it would have put them somewhere near uh, midfield instead. The reversal is they did pick up a flag. They call it a clean hit, which it was. And the uh, the two steps, the fumble, the recovery by Robert Quinn, and big ups to Robert Quinn for the presence of mind of falling on the football so we have that clear recovery on film. And it's in, instead of it being first and 10 near midfield for the Buccaneers, fresh set of downs going the other way, now it's first and 10 for the Bears at like the 2025 uh, yard line and the complete reversal of fortune um, with uh, the Bears getting the one-on-one matchup that they wanted Foles getting it uh, you know in just the right spot and Jimmy Graham making a hell of a catch already his fourth touchdown uh, of the season I think it's like second among tight ends in the league uh, right now I think he only scored like three touchdowns all year for the Packers last year he's got four for us uh, already so you know, I know we're still very, very early into the process here, but that's looking like a pretty good signing by Ryan Pace for all those, including myself, that kind of criticized it. Why would we want Jimmy Graham uh, on this team? This guy's been a has-been since before he went to Green Bay. Like, well, looks like he's got a little bit of gas left in the tank because he's uh, cranking out the TDs uh, for us when we need him to. So, And that's exactly what a guy like Jimmy Graham is supposed to be able to do. You know, you give him those those jump balls – uh, in the end zone, every one of his touchdowns has been one of those plays. Uh, you know, it's him one on one with somebody in the end zone. You put it in a spot where only he's going to come down with it. He's just going to use that big, bulky basketball six foot seven frame of his to win those battles. And hey, four touchdowns on the board for the Bears, and Jimmy Graham, uh, you know, is the uh, the catalyst of it. So. That's what we signed him to do. We didn't exactly assign him to be, you know, Antonio Gates and tear up the center of the field uh, or anything like that. We, we, you know, we have trouble scoring touchdowns in the red zone, and there's a red zone target that's going to win more than he loses. So that's what we brought him here to do. Um, you know, still think we paid him a little bit too much, but right now he's looking like he's worth every penny because when we get in those situations, he's the guy we go to, and I don't think he's let us down yet in those situations. So... So yeah, it was a crazy sequence of events with uh, you know it being a thirteen to nothing, looking like uh, Tampa Bay is going to cruise into halftime with this uh, you know double digit lead, this two score lead, and and you know the Bears are going to be sitting there scrambling and trying to get something going uh, to start the first ha- to start the second half, and instead it became uh, you know a question. It wasn't going to be a question of you know what do we do to close the gap and what do we do to you know, to try to get back or get ourselves back in this football game. Now it became like, what do we do to keep this momentum going so we can keep these guys, you know, we can keep kicking these guys while they're down uh, type of thing. So um, I'm sure that's what the conversation was uh, at halftime. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen. Uh, and, and this was like one of the weirdest segments of the game was our first offensive drive of the third quarter. Like, I don't know what we were trying to do. It just it was just a weird, weird sequence of events to start the third quarter. It was um, disheartening, to say the least. I think that's how I would how I would put it. After being so excited at the end of the first half, it looks like we were going to get rolled by the Buccaneers. And just like that, we're winning this football game because the Chicago Bear of, uh, philosophy offensively wasn't working for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, because we're usually the ones that get the ball into field goal, you know, get the ball inside the, the red zone and can't close the deal and have to settle for field goals. And settling for field goals has gotten us into trouble more times than it hasn't uh, over the years. And that's what happened to Tampa Bay and, and the Bucks. you know, was that they just – they were able to move the chains they were able to get the ball downfield at times but they got clamped down on in field goal you know while they were in field goal range and had to settle uh for the field goal so it's just uh that came back to help the bears uh as the game uh went along especially in uh the fourth quarter but as you hear in the third quarter knee-jerk reaction it went from the euphoria of how the second quarter ended 
uh, to kind of the disappointment about how offensively, at least, we were playing uh, coming out of the gates in the second half. Like, we weren't hell-bent on... Like, like, I think that we were trying to put together, like, a drive. You know what I mean? I, just now that I think about it. I'll talk about it here in a second. But the knee-jerk reaction, I was disappointed in the offense, but I saw something in the defense that might help us later on. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears and Bucks, and a very uninspired quarter offensively uh, for the Bears. You were hoping that the momentum that they got at the end of the first half would carry over into the second, and it just, I don't really know what they were doing on that very first drive. It, it was very weird. It was like they they wanted to do everything three yards away from the line of scrimmage, and, and you know, it just, like, the first drive was over even before it started, and then Brady and company were able to get something going. They got a, uh, a drive together and put uh, a field goal on the board, so they've reclaimed the lead at 16-14. to 14. One promising thing that I did see that could possibly lead to something in the fourth quarter was our pass rush really got after Brady in the third quarter there. I mean, they were getting hits on him. They sacked him. And, you know, it's it's that kind of pressure. I talked about it in the preview show. It's that kind of pressure that could force an odd throw. You know, maybe Brady gets one deflected or doesn't really put as much on one that he wants to and it floats and somebody picks it off could lead to a turnover for the Bears. But um, we got the ball now offensively, and here at the end of the third quarter, seems like we were trying to get something going, trying to establish some kind of a rhythm offensively. Uh, it's still a ball game, 16-14, to 14, still plenty of time for us to either take control or, or blow this thing miserably. So it all comes down once again to the fourth quarter, and we'll see if the Bears can pull it off. <laughs> hey, guys, going to take a quick break from the show to give thanks to our sponsors. Bet online. The wait is finally over and a triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full swing with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA finals are here and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still get on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of both of those holes. It's time to keep your, your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor, powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Wow, there's a tongue twister. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled a nose hair out with your fingers? That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. That's no joke. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking nice. Now let's get back to the show. <laughs> so as I was saying before, now that I kind of look back at that offensive drive to start the second half, I think what Maggie was trying to do was put together a drive, you know, to kind of milk the clock a bit, get something going against this defense, give our defense a rest because they were on the field a lot 
in the first half and, you know, give give them a breather, um, you know, kind of establish and really kind of take control of the game with one of those 10, 12 play drives that's going to take eight, nine minutes off the clock. And instead, we went three and out and gave the football right back to uh, Tampa Bay. So it was very disheartening to watch us come out and, you know, miss the mark completely on those three plays. And it was an odd set of plays uh, as well. We saw another one of those stupid, you know, wide receiver screens that I hate so much uh, and thing like it just it was a disaster uh, and, and definitely not the start you were looking for after the way we finished uh, the first half. I mean, the, the way we just really just grabbed the game by the balls and just really got after it there in the second half to take control of the game. It was all Tampa Bay up until the last couple of minutes. You know, it just it really was. Even with our momentum and the drive that we had going into the two minute warning, we're still down 13 to nothing. It was still Tampa Bay's game because they were they were fully in control uh, at that point. And then, you know, not even I don't even know it was like 40 seconds off the clock total. We've got a we've got the lead now. We've scored back to back touchdowns. We're on the board. Boom. The Bears are in the lead. And the way that we came out in the second half was very, very disappointing. But you did hear me mention the pass rush, and that was really something. And it was one of those things where it's like I think we just noticed something during the first half that, um, you know, because we did put a little bit of pressure on, on Brady in the first half, but it was like the second half. I don't know. Like maybe our our defense noticed that, uh, you know, the big boys up front were getting tired. Uh, or something, you know, whatever it was, we really got after Brady in the third quarter. Carried that into uh, the fourth quarter, and and frankly, when when it all when the when the the noise and everything settled at the end of the game, uh, I was very surprised to hear that we only sacked him three times. But then again, not surprised at all to hear that we hit him like eight or nine, uh, maybe even ten times in the game. That sounded like a much more accurate number because Brady was just constantly getting hit as he was throwing the football and and things like that and I really did think that it would lead to some kind of um, some kind of mistake like I said maybe Mac comes around the edge and just as uh, you know Brady goes to throw the ball his arm gets brushed and it you know flutters in the air and lands into Kyle Fuller's hands or he isn't able to step into the throw because here comes Bilal Nichols, you know, or something like that. He has to, you know, and so one sails on him and boom, Eddie Jackson comes and rips one out of the air and things like that. Unfortunately, even in the fourth quarter, that didn't happen. But we did pound Brady into the ground and there was a really f- awesome exchange. And I think both the moments happened in the second half where Khalil Mack finished with two sacks. Uh, on the day both in the second half and I actually think he, I, I I still don't know if the sack counted or you know be, if the sack counted because it kind of happened the penalty on Mac happened after the play was blown dead so I, I don't know if Mac had two sacks and one of them was the penalty or if Mac should have had three sacks and the third one was taken away uh, by the uh, penalty but regardless Mac comes around the edge he gets, uh, you know, he swallows Brady up, and Brady won't go down. They blow the whistle, so Mac wrestles him to the ground, and they flagged him for roughing the passer. So, and then when when Mac throws Brady to the ground, uh, the flag comes out, and Brady bends over and says something to Khalil Mac. You know, I don't know, I don't think anybody knows, but those guys, what they actually, what was said, but later on in the game. Smack sacks Brady again, and you see him while, like, you know, Brady's on his back and Khalil Mack is on his knees. You see him lean over to, to Brady and say something. It was awesome. It was so awesome to see that thing come back full circle. Mack said something to Brady uh, after he got him legit uh, the next time. So it was like, that was pretty awesome. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of that when I saw that moment. Uh, I think that happened in the fourth quarter. But it's like the first one, Brady said something to Mac after Khalil got flagged for the roughing the passer, which was bogus. But, you know, then Khalil got Brady back later on in the game. That I just I love the hell out of that, man. It was so awesome. But, you know, the third quarter is where the back and forth began. 
You know, we were struggling to stay or, you know, to keep our rhythm from the first half. Brady and company were able to move the ball enough to get themselves in position to kick field goals that they had to settle for. And then going into the fourth quarter, like I said, it was it, it all once again comes down to the fourth quarter. Would be able to would we be able to pull this one off? And sure enough, man. Uh, nobody thought we could do it. Nobody thought that we'd be the one standing at four and one when the dust cleared. But uh, I'll be damned if we weren't. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction: fourth quarter, Bears and Bucks, and we pulled it off. We did it. We finally beat Tom Brady. It only took us six tries in about eighteen years to finally beat the guy, but we finally did. Nick Foles beats Brady once again. Defense stepped up huge in the second half. Like I said, the pass rush was really getting after Brady in the third and fourth quarter. Um, it, we didn't get a turnover, but we were definitely getting in Brady's face and uh, you know causing him to move around in the pocket and things like that. Um, you know, we were able to add a couple of field goals there. To uh, uh, we traded field goals. I think there were like I think they said five or six lead changes in this game and the final one with Cairo Santos hitting a 38 yard field goal with about a minute 15 to go uh, in the game to give us a 2019 lead very curious decision by Nagy when we had gotten into field goal range you'd think we'd just be running the football to get Tampa to burn up their timeouts try to drain the clock as much as possible instead back-to-back passes on second and third down and when the second down play was incomplete and third down uh you know they bucks called a timeout right away so there was a minute a minute 17 left to go when when Cairo Santos kicked the field goal so we're giving the ball back to Brady no no timeouts of course but a minute 13 to go um so it was a very curious decision Nagy thankfully it's not one that we're going to have to sit back and analyze for the next 10 days because it you know backfired it gave Brady too much time and whatnot the defense really stepped up after falling behind 13 to nothing, got the job done, and uh, I wonder how we're feeling about our Bears now. We're four and one. We beat a legit good three and one team, as opposed to our first three victories where we barely eked out wins over teams that we probably should have plowed over easily. So we're four and one. We got a ten uh, day rest before we play the Panthers week six, and. Uh, I don't know. I'm feeling better. We were a little bit streaky here and there on offense, but defense really carried us home tonight, and the Bears get the win. So lots to unpack there because the fourth quarter was was a was a lot of fun. Number one, a lot of back and forth. Uh, you know, it was a struggle. It was a it was a it was a lot of fun, man. Really, really entertaining game, and I think that we as Bear fans really needed something like that—a back and forth battle as opposed to you know the bears constantly on this uphill battle uh trying to win a game and clear a 20 point deficit uh or something like that or in, in reference to the giants game you know f- fighting and c- scratching and clawing to hang on to a lead that we've had since the first quarter uh, uh and whatnot so uh much better I, I i could much more deal with these back and forth exchanges than, than watching one of those other extremes. I prefer this over over those other two. But, um, you know, like you heard me say, curious decision by Nagy because it very well could have cost us the football game. Uh, coming out, throwing the ball, uh, especially on second down, um, was very, very, you know, stupid in my opinion especially since the pass was incomplete and it stopped the clock, allowing the Buccaneers to save a timeout. We should have been running the ball. Like We basically kicked a field goal from where second down took place, You know where our first down play ended, where second down was. I think like on, on the third down play, we only got maybe two or three more yards uh, on third down after we completed a pass. Uh, I think it was to Cordell Patterson. Um, you know, it was only make maybe got us another two yards or something like that, um, as opposed to where we were. It was like we sh- so running the football, even with the difficulty that David Montgomery had running the ball, or that our offensive line had giving Montgomery an open hole to run through. Um, it wouldn't have made much of a difference, but it would have kept the clock going. 
So, I mean, that was the thing with the last shot that Brady had. He didn't have timeouts, but he had like an extra 40 seconds that he shouldn't have had to start the drive with because the second down play ended, I think, with like a minute 20 or something like that to go. So deduct 30 plus seconds from that. We're down to like 50 seconds. Uh, You know, even if we were dumb enough to throw the ball again on third down, we get the clock down again, you know, or if it's like they they burn and they burn that last time out on second down. So maybe it's like a minute 20 and then we run our play on third down, stay in bounds, keep the clock going. We're going to let that thing drain all the way down to the very end, which would have been around like 40, 45 seconds. And then we kick the field goal to take the lead. So it's 20 to 19, no timeouts. We're giving Brady the ball back with about 35 to 40 seconds on the clock. Maybe, maybe if it was that much. So, I mean, it it would have been a much shorter uh, opportunity uh, for Brady and company to have to go the length of the field to try to kick another uh, field goal. And I think it actually would have been a better situation for us defensively because having to go to the length of the field and having zero timeouts and 30 seconds to work with Brady would have had to take bigger shots down the field which means our our pass rush which was hot at the time is going to be able to get after him I think we could have forced a turnover to end the game even sooner than we did you know but instead we you know we allowed a couple of first downs and, and Brady was not far from field goal range. Uh, you know, they were at about midfield, so he needed maybe like another first down to be able to put themselves in field goal range uh, and win the game. So, um, you know, thankfully, like I said, it's not a situation we have to uh, talk about as far as like it not working out for us because Nagy, um, you know, <laughs> again, that guy's play not to lose uh, mentality makes me insane i cannot stand that i really can't um and you know the the short passes is how you play it safe uh that's insane uh in my opinion even if david montgomery just gets back to the line of scrimmage i would have taken that over what we were trying to do uh on offense to me and there's far more that could go wrong in 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 those in passing in that situation uh, than uh, than than just running the ball, you know. Where David Montgomery gets the ball and he knows two things: stay in bounds, hang on to the ball. So he's practically going to stuff that thing in his ass to keep it from going anywhere. So, um, yeah, like I I don't get that at all. But like I said, we were able to get after uh, Brady to to get him shaky, or at the very least, maybe get him antsy because he knows we're coming. And we've had no trouble getting to him all night long. Whether he's been able to get the ball off or whether we sack him, he's going to take a hit. We we beat Brady up pretty good uh, on Thursday night. It was uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. And then, like you heard me mention there at the beginning, uh, it's the first time in six games against Brady that we've come out ahead. This dates all the way back to 2002. Uh, when we played Tom Brady for the first time down in Champaign when the new Soldier Field was being renovated. Uh, you know, we played the defending world champions uh, in uh, in Champaign at the University of Illinois, got out to like a big lead that Brady and company had to come back from uh, at the end. So it's like um, I don't remember that game fondly at all because we had a big lead. Uh, we were a terrible team in 2002. We got out in front of the world champs, and then they came roaring back in the second half uh, to beat us. So the Patriots didn't even make the playoffs in 2002, and we weren't able to uh, beat them. So very disappointing. But Thursday night was not a disappointing uh, evening. We got after Brady and company, and we're the ones left standing uh, at the end. Like I said, all the experts, quote-unquote experts, picked the – the Buccaneers to win a lot of them like them to win this game easily and uh, the defense had other plans uh, they were able to shut them down and the referees honestly man the referees called a terrible game uh, for the most part um, thankfully that went both ways uh, we both had those ridiculous like I cannot believe that call calls go against uh, both teams 
Um, the Buccaneers were the were the ones getting themselves in more trouble, so shooting themselves in the foot. I'm sure that's how a lot of Buccaneer fans feel today is that the the refs won them the game or something ridiculous uh, like that. But I think it was 11 penalties for them, seven or eight of them for us. There were just flags everywhere. I, th- I saw uh, a meme online, I think around halftime. It was like, you know, here's a, a live shot of the Bears, and it's a referee standing in the screen, and then there are a bunch of flag, like 20 flags photoshopped into the background uh, behind him because that's what it felt like trying to watch that game sometimes. It's like, can you know, and even Joe Buck was was taking shots at it later on in the game. He's like, yeah, it's like here we are. We're looking for a flag because at this point we're conditioned to expect one because that's how that whole that's how that game went. You know, even though we ran, you know, probably like a hundred plays or so or more in that game, eighteen or eighteen or more were flagged. So twenty percent of the plays run in that game were penalized at some point. So. Like literally one out of every play, one one out of every five plays resulted in a penalty flag. That's insane. So it's like the refs were super generous with the flags uh, on Thursday night. It really kind of, really kind of made the game annoying to watch at times because it's like, oh, and here's another flag, and there's another one. Oh, and this is coming back, and uh, and, and so on and and so forth. But um, you know, we came out on top, and now here's the real test, in my opinion. Even though this game is against the Panthers, who are not a good football team this year, they're without their best player, and I think he, they still will be by the time we play them next Sunday uh, in Christian McCaffrey. But we're going on the road, and Matt Nagy is, what, 0 for 2, 0 for 3 in these, uh, you know, bye week, you know, mini bye week type situations. I mean, he's 0 for whatever bye weeks, period. You know, because the the start of the second quarter in 2018 was that game against Miami because we had four games, a bye week. Then we go to start the second quarter against Miami and got beat. Then it's like we lost to the Raiders to start the second quarter last year, bye week, then got rolled by the Saints week number seven uh, last year. So and then coming off of the. The mini buy, the Detroit win in 2018, we lose to the Giants. We had 10 days to get ready for that, and we still lose. And uh, I think we did the same thing uh, last year uh, as well. Coming off of the Thursday night game, we we beat the uh, we beat the Cowboys, and then lose after 10 days to get ready for the Green Bay Packers. So Nagy just. I don't know what it is about bye weeks and not being able to get the team ready, but Nagy's really good at it. So hopefully we can, you know, like I feel like this year will really be it's it's already different because we've won a game in the second quarter. We won the first game of the second quarter. Now we have this mini bye and if we can win a game coming off of one of these buys, then uh yeah, I think it's going to be a different kind of year. So uh we got a winnable game against the Panthers coming up. And we got a break, so I'm going to take a break. And uh, I'll be back on Thursday. I do have a Panther guest uh, lined up. I don't know which of the two guys, or maybe both of them, uh, will join us on the show, but the Panther Nation podcast is where we're getting our guests from. Uh, I don't know which one of them I was uh, talking to. I didn't think to ask, to be honest with you. But there's there's two guys that, that do that show together. One or both of them will be on the show with me on thursday to preview uh week number six and then we'll have the deep dive preview on friday to get you ready uh for the game so enjoy the break kick back uh watch some games uh, enjoy some carefree football this weekend and uh we'll see you on thursday so until then my name is larry d and this has been the bears talk underground There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 